Welcome to In The Hopper, a real estate, community, and business development show where we discuss future projects coming down the pike in our city. Brought to you by Belgian Development and hosted by yours truly, Akeem Brown, the conductor. Jake Kubiski, Kubi Renewable Energy. Jake is the CEO and founder of Kubi Renewable Energy, a full-service contractor for residential and commercial solar power systems. After getting his start as an electrician in the oil and gas industry, he quickly found his true calling in renewable energy while on vacation. I really enjoyed learning from Jake in this interview. He had a lot of really great insights about the history of energy in Alberta, where the industry is going, and how his company, Kubi, got started. Jake is a recent recipient of the Top 40 Under 40 Award for Edifies Magazine in Edmonton. Without further ado, please help me welcome Jake to In The Hopper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of In The Hopper. Today, I have a very special guest, Jake from Kubi Energy. Jake, thank you very much for joining the show today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. When I saw your uh, profile there on the top 40 under 40, I knew I had to reach out because your company is smack dab in the middle of a lot of really cool, uh, relevant topics of the day. And I can't wait to get your thoughts on um, sustainability, uh, just, just the future of energy in the province, in Canada, and the world more generally. So... Uh, Jake, how would you describe the arc of energy production and usage in Alberta? Big uptake in the last 10 to 15 years in regards to renewables. Um, you know, traditionally, Alberta got most of its electricity from the burning of fossil fuels, uh, mostly coal in that mix. Um, recently been transitioning to natural gas, I believe. Um, on a macro level, a um, lot of big solar utility scale solar farms are being installed in southern Alberta right now. Not really Kubi Energy's uh, ball game. We're more in the residential, commercial, light industrial space. Um, every, anything under five megawatts is uh, in our wheelhouse. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, uptake's been, been big and it's uh, transitioning our, our grid to a more diverse, ro robust system of a mix of natural gas, I think is the end goal, fully natural gas, and then on the main supplier, and then a nice mix of uh, different styles of renewables, solar being one of those. When you're picking that niche, that probably fa falls into line with the story of Kubi Energy. Can you tell us a little bit about like the origins of the company and kind of how it came about? Yeah, so just to answer your first question, there is two real categories of solar. There's microgen and distribution generation. So the microgen is five megawatts or less. Typically, your typically your end user is is purchasing these styles of systems, and then your distribution generation is more utility scale, um, selling to a pool uh, for mass consumption of of consumers, not just directly associated with one building or one customer. Um, can you repeat the second part of the question? Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, we can maybe loop back to like kind of more specifics about microgen and what that means and how the suppliers and the supply chain of that. But I was very curious about the origin story of Kubi. Like, yes. Uh, how'd that start? I read a bit about it on the Edify magazine, but I'd love to hear from you. From you. For sure. Uh, well, I come from oil and gas um, background. I did my electrical apprenticeship um, through the big players here in the province. Had a great time there, great experiences, lots of wealth of knowledge in those industries um, in regards to the, the companies I worked for. Just wasn't feeling it though, um, good money. Um, I was young, I was 25 years old, um, fresh, fresh journeyman electrician, going to get my master electrician at that time. Um, happened to be taking a vacation to Costa Rica with my now wife, uh, Christine. 
And uh, we were there for a month, and halfway through the trip, we were I was sitting on the beach in Costa Rica looking at kind of some of their local news, and they were on a hundred and some days of purely renewables, and that was a combination of uh, biomass, solar, wind, and then the big one for them was uh, capturing the heat of a volcano to do geothermal with it to create electricity from that, uh, which was, I cool. thought was That's like, super cool. Super yeah. cool. Um, so, you know, one thing led to another. I started... Uh, kind of really felt good about the story and um, looked into who was doing it in Canada and Alberta and in Edmonton. And there was a few players at the time, threw a couple of resumes, no responses, uh, went back to my job at uh, a large oil uh, manufacturing facility uh, close to Edmonton here. And um, just just kind of just that the thought of the renewable space and, and uh, the potential of it just kind of stuck with me. And um, took a few courses local courses here in regards to renewables and then branched off on my own and that was the the, the start of kubi energy which was uh march of 2015. okay wow so there was uh i love how these stories start on a vacation yeah. right when you're relaxing and then you get the ironically the most uh the power of the sun is very strong there in the caribbean so no, totally. that, that's cool how it wrapped around was there any kind of parallels or overlap between your uh like a initial education with becoming an electrician and what you learned subsequently with um you know the energy business uh yeah like the technical side of it i i consider myself a very technical person um very very smooth overlap in regards to uh, my base knowledge of electrical and then this new solar industry um, obviously there was a lot of engineering that goes into solar so that's you know lead into uh, my co-founder he joined us about two three months after i started kubi energy good longtime friend of mine came from the he's an engineer uh, mining engineering um, now he's his designation is in electrical engineering um, so yeah i needed an engineer real quick and and i didn't have any money to pay anybody so all the all the, all the lingo in regards to kilowatt hours and kilowatts and watts was very uh very i was fluent in that language so it's uh yeah it was very uh wouldn't say easy, but it was a very natural transition um, into renewables from oil and gas, which, you know, like people listening to this that are in oil and gas that have been wanting to transition out of it, it's doable and this this industry is uh, looking for you. Was there any resistance? Because at the very top of the show, you talked about the fossil fuel history in this province and it's uh, it was very, very profitable for many years. Um, was there any resistance to you starting Kubi, or were you just kind of like, oh, who is another small solar guy, you know, a, a, a renewable energy guy, he's small potatoes. Like, what was the kind of feedback when you started? There's not so much resistance from industry. It's more resistance from, uh, like, the social aspect of it and uh, people's thoughts of solar. There was a lot of misinformation early on. Uh, when we first started doing trade shows in 2015, 2016, there was a lot of sly. There was a lot of... Uh, no one wanted to talk to you. You're the enemy of, of uh, traditional industry here in Alberta. Now, when we go to trade shows, there's lines of people who want to chat with us, awesome. telling stories of their transition from, you know, everything from a gas vehicle to an electric vehicle, or they put solar on their house and they don't have an electricity bill anymore, and the money they're saving's great, and oh wow, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, uh, you know, before it was the traditional environmentalist doctor who's doing it for the health reasons of solar. Um, you know, the very educated customer was doing it. Solar on their houses, for example. Now it's uh, the most right conservative who's 
pro oil and gas 100% is now doing solar purely for the economics of it all, not even for the green aspect of it all. Right. When you come, when you break it down to numbers and cents, it's starting to make uh, people are starting to see the value there um, with the numbers. I'm kind of shocked to find out that there was only one or two incumbents at the time. Yeah, they, uh, my coworkers at the oil and gas facility thought I was nuts quitting my job because we had a you know we we had a secure, steady job th through the the downturn, um, the the cycle, and like I was you know again 25 at the time, and I and like I just didn't like the, the whole idea of the boom bust cycles uh, around it, and I was looking for something that maybe not pay as much right off the start, but is more steady, consistent, longer runway for me personally. Um, like oil and gas is not going around, going away anytime soon. We I think I think that we all know that. It's also just there, there needs to be a trans or a, a mix of healthy energy within our portfolio as a province, and that's kind of the attitude I took towards it the whole time. I'm very thankful for my time in oil and gas and uh, learned a lot there, met a lot of great people. Um, but I was just I, I needed out of the out of the culture of it, I guess you could say. A lot of reports from the fall were talking about how there's a positive net migration into Alberta. Um, from your perspective, dealing with people kind of more on the uh, commercial and residential and retail side, we could say, of the energy business, uh, what do you think are some of the reasons why there's net positive or Alberta is such a positive uh, uh, destination for Canadians and maybe even uh, people from outside of Canada? I think like I've been to every province in Canada and I find Alberta being very free market entrepreneurial mindset across the whole province. I think that's very attractive to uh, young professionals who want to maybe start their own business. Um, just the whole free market enterprise of Alberta is very strong. Um, and then also affordability. Um, you know, people can one day afford a house here. Uh, we were just recently in Toronto on a management trip and you know, just looking at, you know, you walk past a Remax building and you look and they got their their, uh, their postings on their windows showing some of the stuff they're selling and it's all in the $3 million range for a condo and you're like, what? Like, <laughs> I, like you could buy a massive house in Alberta for $3 million. Oh my like, God, yeah. So like those condos in Alberta are, you know, three, four hundred grand versus $3 million. So if, if you're a young person that's trying to get started in life, I think Alberta is very attractive and just those two reasons alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, you nailed it. I think, um, uh, when it comes to, uh, the market more generally with the energy, is it fair to call it the energy market or how would you describe it? Yeah. Energy market, yeah. energy market. Uh, you mentioned that there's two kind of fields you play in residential and commercial, which one of those have picked up your products and services, uh, faster, would you say? Yeah, we definitely do a lot more residential than commercial. Um, mostly, I think, because we deal a lot with Tesla products as well. Um, that's mm. more of a residential-geared model for, for the products we're selling anyways. Um, and then also, it's, uh, it's a lot easier to see the realization of solar when you're putting it on your house and you live in that house and you're paying your electricity bill every month and you're noticing energy rates go high this year, like very high this year. Um, and, and a lot of people who own things like their house and their vehicles, they just don't like the idea of getting a bill that they have no control over. Yeah. And then now they're now they're able to own their electricity generation, and that's a, and that's a huge thing. Oh my God! I mean, yeah, hundred percent. You mentioned Teslas. Um, I remember watching this documentary about Elon Musk about right after he started SpaceX, he started Solar City. Uh, but that whole idea of internal, vertically integrated energy supply from you know capturing the sun and then getting it in your house and then putting it into your electrical car 
Like that's kind of, what are your thoughts on that vertical integration of like energy efficiency and stuff like that? Yeah, like soon as you, as soon as you include an electric vehicle into your energy mix as a, as a consumer, um, everything just, the payback and the economics of everything just go through the roof because, like, in a good way. Um, because uh, before typical payback and uh, ROI on solar systems was based on the price of electricity. But when you have an electric car that you're charging, you're really comparing it to the cost of gasoline right now. Uh, which yeah. now it, that changes the equation completely. Because if you're just powering your, your car with, with the solar panels on your roof, it, 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 you're not comparing it to a, an eight cent kilowatt hour anymore. You're comparing it to a dollar eighty a liter fuel, which yeah, no, hundred percent. It's uh, it's way more competitive. <laughs> hundred percent. So if you if you can if you can set yourself up where you have solar on your roof, maybe some battery component for storage at nighttime, and then uh, an electric vehicle, um, you're very independent. And uh, you know, it, it, even if we're not talking economics, here's a big talking point as well. Now, one hundred percent. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, with the maybe this might be a little bit technical, but the actual um, solar panels, is there a power component to those, or do you just set them up and forget it? Like, do they require power to operate? Or yeah, so these are you know most of the systems we install are great interactive systems, so they don't require a battery component. Um, the battery component, think of it as just like a backup generator add-on item to your solar system, premium add-on item we like to call it. Um, so yeah, when the sun's shining and the grid's on, you're and you're not at home. Let's say you're at work and it's summertime. You're just selling all your excess energy for credit on your power bill back to the utility company. Come nighttime when the sun isn't shining and you're home consuming energy, you're buying that energy back off the utility company. Okay. Wow. So there's like a unilateral thing going on uh, where okay happens many times a day, solely dependent on your on your demand of your home and the sun and the, if the sun's shining or not. Yeah. And okay. It's, and then by having that system, it allows it to be a very maintenance-free system, and it's and it and it we have net me, we have net metering in uh, in Alberta, so everything's just recorded on a, a credit and debit basis, and you get presented that every month on your electricity bill. So there's like an energy led ledger, like uh, or like uh, okay. Yeah, like right now, like when you get your electricity bill, there's a bunch of line items on there that uh, add up to your total subtotal on your power bill. Um, when you get a, a microgen system installed. Uh, you get another line on there called net metering, and uh, that's it's a credit form, not a, a debit. And then you, you just subtract that number from all your other usages, and in the summertime, it's very likely you'll be in a credit situation. Wow, no, that's that's amazing. Um, have you heard of the Ford Lightning? Yep. Um, have you heard about any of the technology about how it can be unilaterally supplied with power? So you can charge it, and then if there's excess power from the truck it can be fed back into uh, the, like your house, for example. Yeah, it's a great idea. Like a, a big issue where uh, utilities providers are gonna have going forward is um, distribution networks in communities. Um, you know, they're not sized for everybody to have a 40 amp EV charger. They're not sized right. for everybody to have a 200 amp service. Mm -hmm. um, so that we're gonna have to come up with uh, decentralized solutions like EVs that can push power back into the grid to essentially relieve pressure off uh, off the, the the older older grids in these older neighborhoods. Yeah, they're like uh, transformers on wheels. Pretty much, <laughs> our electrical code in Canada needs uh, needs uh, a lot of work in regards to catching up with uh, with technology. 
Yeah, well, that's a, I, I didn't realize it did. Um, it sounds like a great opportunity for some kind of private public um, consultation or review of the whole system because it could be more efficient. It sounds like we're getting energy from other other forms, um, you know, not named Depcor or whoever, right? So it's uh, it's interesting dynamic, and I think that there's an opportunity out there for entrepreneurs like yourself to to or even the public sector to kind of just like, hey, like what can we do here to take advantage of these new technologies, like what Ford's doing. Speaking of new technologies and industries. Uh, there's a, something called PropTech, which I'm sure you're familiar with. It's an emerging field focused on the marriage between the built environment and technology. Um, what, rule, what role can energy play in the innovation um, of PropTech when it comes to real estate, um, when it comes to commercial and residential um, uh, building owners and uh, building initiatives? Yeah, like I think solar is the, the most low-lying fruit anybody can do on a new building or retrofitting a building. That's that is a very easy one to do. Um, it's it's relatively inexpensive. It's covers your everybody uses electricity. That's that's one that needs to be utilized across the board, in my opinion. Um, you know, we work with some really cool building integrated PV suppliers as well, which uh, integrates solar in a non-traditional form into the facade of buildings, um, mm. and they can make the panels nowadays look like anything like we're, we're sitting behind a nice brick wall here and they can make a solar panel look exactly like the brick wall that that wraps the side of a building so when you're looking at the building it appears to be brick but when you get up close to it you can actually see the cells of the solar integrated behind the behind the brick lens essentially on the panel and then it also acts as the siding of the building it's all super modern looking and these are just technologies that uh, i think i think a lot of it too is um architects and designers just don't even know they exist uh, let, right. alone, let alone not wanting to. I think everybody wants to implement the technology. It obviously comes down to price and, and knowledge of the product versus just uh, you know the cookie cutter stucco or traditional metal siding or, or whatnot. That's uh, that's an amazing observation. I'd like to call that sexy solar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah building integrated PV, BIPV is the technical term. But right. Yeah, we can call it whatever you want. No, I, <laughs> I like the technical term as well. Um, but you're right, there's an awareness, um, which is why this show, things like this, is so important because there might be a designer out there who listens to this and says, oh, I didn't know we could integrate uh, solar technology into the building facade uh, to help on the utilities and things. Like, I mean, that's, it's a game changer if it's widely adopted. And I think there's um, energy systems can be applied um, to new construction, old construction. Um, and I imagine there's even government grants and incentives uh, for these kind of applications. There is for sure. And, and, and just before we move on from the BIPV topic, if the most public one that City of Edmonton's done is the Edmonton Events Center, formerly the Shaw Conference Center. Um, that whole atrium is BIPV. So no way. They replaced all the atrium glass with uh, glass with solar cells embedded within the glass. So instead of a traditional glass and then solar panel on top of the glass, it's they're made it into one. Um, you can go, it's, it's open to the public. You can go look, it's, it's a, an amazing project. One of the biggest ones in Canada, um, and, and props to the city of Edmonton to, for, uh, you know, taking the leadership on that and putting it on an iconic building in Edmonton as well. That's amazing, um, that they were able to do that. And again, it's not marketed or it's not like advertised like yeah. that was done. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like you said, like if they can lead the way, it might be a bit of a domino effect for the rest of the uh, legacy buildings in the city and things of that nature. So. Um, and like you said, it's not just about, you know, the, uh, carbon emissions, which is like a, probably the most important thing, but there's a financial case here as well, um, for, from a, you know, savings perspective and, um, and even maybe like a credit, <laughs> getting a credit on 
your utility bill. So um, when it comes to Edmonton, um, we talked a lot about like kind of what the opportunity is, but what is the biggest opportunity for Edmonton as a city? Because uh, your city is your Kubi Energy is based in energy in Edmonton, right? Edmonton, Calgary, and Kamloops. Gotcha. Yeah. And okay, so you have like uh, different um, uh, cities. Alberta based. We're founded in Edmonton. Our head office is in Edmonton. Gotcha. Um, and there must be obviously beyond you being from here. There's got to be some strategic reasons for that. Like, do you see a lot of opportunities for energy in Edmonton, or what is the biggest opportunity in Alberta generally? Yeah, like there's uh, a lot of opportunity in Alberta for uh, this transition to happen. Mm -hmm. um, we, we're a very sunny province to begin with. The amount of sunlight hours that that hit Alberta every year is a lot. Um, we have a very good solar resource here, so that helps on the technical side. And then back to the fr the free market, free enterprise owning your stuff mentality um you know alberta's a front runner for that i think in canada so when, when you have the opportunity to own your energy production it just it fits the model here really well yeah uh, just the mentality of the culture independence independence um so yeah with that and then also uh you know like back to the rebate thing um currently there's no alberta rebate um, but there's a federal one through uh, the greener homes program which okay. um, there's a few different avenues you can go there's a $40,000 interest-free loan that can help you not only do solar, but in, increase the energy efficiency of your home in general. So that there's a variety of things you can do. Hey, if you want to check it out, I urge you just go to the website uh, on Canada Greener Homes and check it out. And then there's also a $5,000 uh, cash incentive rebate um, from the same program as well for solar specific. I love that. Uh, great resources for people to check out. I'll try to remember to put that in the show notes for people just to click on it. But um, no, that sounds like a fantastic idea if you're looking for um, ways to um, uh, kind of streamline the energy of your built environment and of the things you own. It's fantastic. When we were talking about PropTech, something came up to my, my mind when you were talking about this stuff. It's called the Internet of Things. And it's when the Internet's in everything, right? It's the Internet's in this mic or your T-shirt or wherever. Yeah. Like they're going kind of crazy with it. But the principle in itself is kind of interesting. What are your thoughts on, and I'm coining this today, so if anyone uses this in the future, you heard on the <laughs> Keem's Dream Show. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the energy of things? So like putting, putting solar or whatever um, uh, technology that's energy related into your shoes or into uh like some people do this already with um uh, with uh with bikes um you know where they convert they they put a battery on the bike and it charges when they bike to work and then they bring it back and it charges something else like what are your thoughts on that whole idea yeah like we're already kind of seeing it like i'm like my, i just bought a new tv for example the other day and the, and the the remote control has a solar panel on the back of it no so way. it just it doesn't have a battery it just it charges off the lights of the house or something i don't know I, that was the first time i've ever seen that um and then yeah we you know we see it with phone chargers already and um yeah like i'm kind of for it to be honest calculators forever calculators forever they kind of started it all i think and right um but yeah like electric bikes and electric scooters and electric longboards and i think it's all like on, on a consumer level i think they're fun and awesome and um you know especially with the, the big push edmonton has on uh, growing our bike networks and our bike lanes and whatnot mm -hmm. um you know all these technologies and new toys essentially are uh just going to play into it new, new forms of transport i should call it because you know they're a toy in one aspect but if it can eliminate you from driving a, a vehicle um, it's also your now a form of transport to work or whatever, right? As well, so as as these um, as the transportation networks get built, the physical infrastructure, I think we're going to see a lot more of uh, the electrification of all sorts of stuff. To be honest, 
I love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm for it. Like, honestly, like, and then it all just plays into our, our business model, which is, uh, we create electricity for people. So you're just plugging all your stuff in and it's the end of the day, if you can charge all this stuff off renewable energy, it's the social aspect feel good that's there as well. Right. So hundred percent. Yeah. And it all comes back to you, which is great. Yeah. Like they have to charge these, um, energy of things somehow, right. Whether it's, a or not charge it, but like, uh, you know, find a place or you charge and like find a place to, um, to, you know, have it hooked up to. But when it comes to, um, other energy methods and innovations in the energy sector, the biggest one, um, like I talked to a physicist about this nuclear energy and, um, one of my friends just graduated physics at the U of A and I, uh, talked about the idea of nuclear energy to him. And he's like, Akeem, uh, nuclear energy is always 30 years away. <laughs> It was 30 years away in the 70s. It was 30 years away in the 80s and so on and so forth. What are your thoughts on nuclear energy um, if you had to give like a high level, just based on what you know about your industry? I think it's great. I think there's a place for it. Um, I just saw an article this morning about some fusion breakthrough. Um, I, again, I don't know the physics or I don't want to comment on any of that, but uh, I understand that there's vast potentials of energy locked up in, in the nuclear process. Um, you know, obviously the the... The, the black eye of nuclear is the safety aspect of it. Right. You always hear about like the Fukushima's and the Chernobyl's and all this stuff. And that's the scary thing that, uh, you know, people are scared of, um, you know, the abundance of free energy, I think is the end goal that we should all be striving for. Um, and, uh, if, if it plays a part in our mix, then, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, uh, the simplest way I've heard it is fission is the splitting fusion is the combining of the, of the proton or the, the um the nuclear process there so the thing with fusion is getting it hot enough right i think i saw the same article you did about the fusion en um, energy and um the thing with their, that they're doing is they're making smaller capsules so they can concentrate the heat more um i'm not going to comment more on the science beyond that but i think it's super fascinating if they can get it figured out because having the power of the sun i mean um it's not just capturing it it's having it <laughs> yeah. yeah and te technically we're all we're all running off a fusion reactor already in the sun exactly so it shows yeah. up every day it's the most reliable source of energy we have so it's uh it's uh i think it's good i think hydrogen also plays a big role in hydrogen. there as well yeah. um, i know that's been a, a hot button item for for the premier in, in alberta uh, especially with the announcement of the facility going in near edmonton here yeah um, i think that's great i think you know all our big equipment needs to run off something that's a little bit more energy dense i think than batteries um, for, for the current technology at this given point in time um yeah like again it's all these i don't think of any of these technologies as, as competition i think of it all as getting us to the cheaper form of energy that we all want and, and require to run our daily lives for kubi energy this might be more of like a strategic um, business perspective but like um or management decision but like do you guys ever see yourself um integrating with these other forms of energy one day as like a general like conglomerate like uh yeah, it hasn't really been chatted about, but yeah, we're definitely, uh, you know, we're in the energy space, renewable energy space. So, uh, you know, like solar right now is, uh, we're super busy doing what we do, what we do great, what we do best. Um, you know, as, as the timeline progresses and more technology comes, comes around and opportunities present themselves, we'll, we'll probably, uh, probably take, take them up as they come our way. Cool. Yeah. No, hundred percent, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. If you could be like the the biggest energy company in the world that has hydrogen nuclear and harnesses the sun. I mean, it'd be great. That'd be, yeah, that'd be awesome. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, that's awesome. When it comes to your company and everything going on, um, as you mentioned, you have a lot of projects you deal with a lot of people with residential and commercial. Can you kind of, um, talk about any, uh, pro this is called in the hopper. So it's, 
It's a synonym for things coming soon. Can you talk about any projects you have coming down in the hopper uh, or anything that are you can maybe tease us about? Give us a little coming coming soon trailer. Yeah, like uh, we're doing a ton of batteries. Like I guess we'll, we'll break this into residential and commercial. Uh, we're doing a ton of battery projects, which are really cool. They're really taking off. A lot of uh, our previous customers are reaching back out and wanting to add in that battery component. Uh, we love selling the Tesla Powerwalls to people. Um, it's a certain type of customer. We get along with those people really well, um, especially when they're re repeat customers. So lots of those. Um, Calgary is our, is our big thing this year. We, uh, we, just, we just purchased another building down there and we're moving Congrats. into January. And yeah, we're, uh, we're growing the team down there and just to facilitate the Banff, Canmore, uh, Southern Alberta market more than anything. And then, uh, yeah, Kamloops, Okanagan's growing, growing rapidly as well. So on the residential side, I guess there's no specific one project, but there's just a lot of really cool projects. Oh, that's awesome. Um, on the commercial side, we're, uh, we're working, I won't, I won't name the, the energy company, but we're working with a, you know, a fossil fuels energy company to uh, do a lot of solar projects for them um, on their current existing infrastructure. Uh, so those are really cool. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it just kind of talks about what we talked about earlier. It's not, they're not viewing it as a, uh, uh, an enemy. They're just they're viewing it purely on like obviously they're they're doing some green portion of it on their on their ESG and all that um, envi environmental social governance programs that they have and then also uh, on the economic side of it right is they're just trying to lower their uh, their overhead as well. Um, we're, we're working with a few apartment building developers as well, um, doing uh, common area loads for them on solar systems, which is awesome. Uh, good to see that they're trying to lower their uh, condo fees for their their tenants. I guess you could call it okay. Um, which is which is awesome, and then uh, a ton of EV projects across uh, all of Western Canada. To be honest, there's lots of big networks getting installed, lots of commercial buildings, private commercial buildings installing EV chargers for their tenant or other uh, uh, employees. Sorry, and then also uh, some retail space too, where uh, yeah, they're seeing the value in offering that to uh, their customer base. Wow, man, that's that's super exciting. Congratulations, lots going, yeah, man. thanks. Lots going on. It's. Uh, you know, no, no real shining projects, uh, I would say, that are uh, super cool, like the, the Shaw or the sorry, Edmonton Event Center. But uh, um, they're always, they're always lots of irons in the fire all the time. So it's uh, we're, sounds like it. We're yeah. really trying to push the building integrated PV, and just working with. The, we're at the early, early adopter stage of building integrated PV. Like I said earlier, that a lot of architects just don't even know. You got to kind of get them at the design stage pr right. prior to the buildings constructed and they don't, it's really tough to change scope at that point. Um, so yeah, we're trying to work with architects and designers early on from our network of customers to give them, give them brochures, do lunch and learns, let, let them know what's out there. Um, let them know the cost savings, let them know the, the, the benefits of the, of the product. Um, now, then they can design it into their buildings in the future. 100%. And when you can um, talk about sustainability with a developer, that transfers to their end user. Because for Station Park, for example, um, using shipping containers, that's been a big part of our marketing. And people really can correlate that with sustainability, which it is, because we're not necessarily, these are containers that be sitting in a yard and we're refurbishing them and repurposing them for retail spaces. So the person who cares about sustainability out there who runs a business sees that as a value add. So to your point, doing these lunch and learns, getting um, the developers on board or the building, uh, the, the property managers and landlords on board, you can kind of explain how this transfers onto your, your, the person who buys a condo, the person who buys a, who rents a space from you. It all kind of lines up, especially because um, there is this huge push in society for, you know, net zero um, by whatever date. I've heard a bunch of different dates, but moving target. Yeah, it's a moving <laughs> target. 
Um, do you have any thoughts on the net zero conversation or like uh, where this, where that's all headed? I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, I think there's a lot of greenwashing going on, which I don't like um, in regards to governments claiming there's an emergency, but not putting the, the dollars behind it that they, right. that they claim. Um, that's a little annoying. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of big macro picture at the end of the day, we can only control what we can control. So yeah. we'll just keep doing our thing and hopefully the government's, uh, put some money behind their claims and, and, and their attitude, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Uh, well said, I'd like to tie back to what you said about the uh, Tesla, uh, power walls and, um, one thing actually before that EV, can you just define what that means? If someone doesn't know what that is electric vehicle, electric vehicle. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Tesla power walls, do you have to get a subscription from Tesla directly to be like a merchant partner of them or like, how does that work? Yeah, we're a certified installer for Tesla. I believe we were the first one in, in Alberta. Uh, this was back in 2017. We started installing them. They're, they're essentially a lithium ion home storage battery that allows you to store your excess energy rather than selling it to the grid so mm -hmm. that you can utilize that at, at nighttime. And then in the event of a, a power outage, you can have electricity to power critical loads in your home. Do you need connection to um, any mainline um, civil uh, civil infrastructure? Like for example, do you need a service um, power line to be able to access um, any of these uh, technologies? Like can you, for example, can you be a guy who has a plot of land out in the country who's got no like power service to his lot and then put this technology on the ground and will it work? Yeah, we wouldn't sell you what we just talked about. We would sell you, we, 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 we make another product called a, a, a Kubi Cube, a K-U-B-E. And it's essentially, it's a 20 foot shipping container um, that has an array on the top of it with lithium ion batteries in a, in a climate controlled area of that container with inside. So we, we would deploy that to the, this, for this example, this guy's acreage or, or, or plot of land. And then he would just plug into that as if it was the service. So he would, wow. he would uh, construct his home, wire it as if there was an electrical service, and then we would install this container solution and then he would plug it right into the container solution. That's a fantastic product. Um, yeah. I know a bunch of people in Alberta who would be interested in that. So, um, no, that's, that's, that's incredibly, um, relevant um, we, yeah and we have a bunch of them that that are out in the market right now customers have them customers are happy with them um they seem to be working really well we're always uh changing the product based off uh you know every year the the industry of the solar industry just evolves so quickly and there's uh new products and new technologies that are you know almost quarterly to be honest so oh wow the the cube is constantly getting better cheaper it's a great name by the way yeah <laughs> it plays off everything quite well <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, uh, we're happy with it. Um, it's a bulletproof product in our opinion. And Kubi Energy, what's Kubi? How did that, how did that, uh, name come about? Yeah. Uh, my last name's Kibiski, so okay. it was kind of my nickname growing up. Uh, coincidentally, um, you know, Adam's last name's Uraniac and I, they, my last name is spelled K-U-B-I. SKI. Wow. And then Kubi's spelled K-U-B-Y. So like his Y almost plays into that. Uh, quite kind of weirdly. It was not planned like that. It Can't just, make this up folks. Yeah, it's just kind of how it all all fit together. But I think that was the universe telling you a sign that you made the right decision there with a the partner. Yeah. And it's tough uh, name. I remember one of the toughest things starting the business was like figuring out a name. Like, you know, it was, it was just a numbered company for the first month or two, just cause I was at the registry and I'm just like, what, what do you want to name? And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Can I just, I don't know. And they're like, okay, we'll just leave it numbered for now. You can change it later or whatever. And so yeah, then I, you know, we had a board and a bunch of names on it and 
this is this is what we came up with so. in the early days was it like you doing sales calls or how'd that work yeah like everything really like wow yeah i did sales for the first you know five years of the business probably i uh, did, did installs for the first probably three years of the business um wow. yeah just kind of filled the void where we couldn't hire somebody and yeah uh, now thankfully i have a, a great team of people and uh now now i get to kind of just pave the path for the business which is right what a ceo should be doing yeah the vision be, yeah, yeah the visionary shouldn't be tied up in the in the you know the day-to-day -day stuff where you know a project manager manager should be dealing with or an admin staff should be dealing with right um, i get to do the cool stuff like find new buildings and you know hire key players and move people into positions where they'll excel and stuff like that so yeah it's fun absolutely come on podcast come on podcast yeah promote the business 100 <laughs> percent, man no that's super cool um i love it um i love what you're doing with uh uh with the the solar the energy of uh, the conversations you're having um everything that a company represents i think is super cool and i love that it's based out of edmonton and alberta sounds like you're going to bc any plans to go east uh, we were in Saskatchewan for a little bit, um, kind of pulled, pulled back on Saskatchewan. We still do projects, but it's, we send them out of uh, Edmonton or Calgary. We don't have any brick and mortar in uh, office in Saskatchewan at the time. If anything, it's going to be more Okanagan based. Um, so it's the first office was Edmonton, second office was uh, Kamloops, and then now the third office is, is Calgary. Uh, our fourth office, uh, you know, maybe lower mainland BC. Awesome. Um, lots of... Uh, Lots of development going on in uh, in that region. Uh, lots of inquiries. Um, yeah, it's uh, we're just gonna f do one thing at a time though, and <laughs> figure Calgary out first, and then uh, have this conversation maybe next year. Perfect. Yeah, sounds like you're busy right now. So uh, with a lot of uh, um, uh, you know uh, pokers in the fire there, like you mentioned. So um, that's fantastic. I, I hope you continue to get busier and busier, and the world adopts this more and more, and shows like this hopefully make people consider it, and they're in their projects and uh yeah i think it will help make the world a better place but any other kind of final thoughts um uh, ideas um things you'd like to share with the audience or and then we can kind of let people know where to find you if they have any questions or anything like that yeah for sure no um you know just uh if you have, if anybody has any questions reach out to us if if uh you know a lot of what we do is education as well it's not just uh you know installing solar on roofs a lot of it is uh people reach out because they're interested and and you know the, the relationship starts at that point and and it's not like you're also going just to buy a hot water tank or something where it's uh in and out in a weekend and you got a new hot water tank this is a relationship that lasts six months plus um and then ongoing uh people are uh, once you get solar installed on your roof it kind of uh, uh a light a light switch turns on in a lot of customers hey. where they're just like whoa like I'm, I'm producing my own energy now and it's just like it's uh, it's pretty cool to see that look on people's faces and that's really what keeps us going as a business 100 percent, yeah no wonder that lights like how you use light switch um but uh um, no pun intended right but, well then uh, they're just like well i can like charge my car i can fuel my vehicle off this now yeah. and it's like then it's just like everything's like changes right so 100 percent. what else can i do right so um i think that's wonderful and keeping everybody vertically integrated with their energy making everyone more efficient it's uh it's a great future um that you're helping to, to help us build so thank you for that and uh anyone wants to find you uh, do you guys have instagram or anything like that or website or yeah we got instagram we got uh 
Facebook, Twitter, um, website's probably the, the best for uh, someone who's looking to see what we're up to. We're constantly uh, working on the website. We're actually just doing uh, profiles now, which is a big one for us coming cool. into the new year. So you'll get to see us, a little bio about everybody who's a key player over there and and uh, yeah, get to read up about us. And we have a great blog section where you know there's 30 different blog posts about all sorts of uh, frequent, frequent, frequently asked questions, myths, busted that we bust all the time on uh, you know, there was a big thing going on in the States, a bunch of Walmart solar systems were lighting on fire like a couple of years ago. And, and then it, it turned out that they were just all installed incorrectly and it had nothing really to do with the solar panels themselves. Right. And uh, so we busted that one and hail is a big question. What about winter? What about hail? It's on my roof. Is it going to get destroyed? Answer is no, you're fine. It's, it's, you know, hail may, but at that point it's destroying a lot more things on your house and it's, right. it's all covered under your home insurance. So, yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's not bulletproof, but it's pretty, pretty durable products. So yeah, check us out there. That's the best spot. Um, yeah, that's uh, and then from there you can branch off into our socials if you want. It's all outlined on the website. Perfect. Um, well, Jake, I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm excited for the future of the company and what you guys continue to do and, um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Had a great time. Absolutely. Thanks for guys for tuning in and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of in the hopper. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really like the show, please share it on your social media or anyone who might be into business development or real estate or infrastructure. I'm sure they'd love to hear it too. Until next time, take care.